typically I end with a, sort of a, a free flow of thoughts after the episode, but this time I thought I would start with it uh, primarily because of the topic that I'm sharing today. We're going to be talking a lot of numbers, there's ratios, there's the idea of a spreadsheet, and uh, so it gets a little complicated at times and possibly even a little dry. But this is important, and if uh, what I'm suggesting you've never done before, this could save you thousands of dollars. So I, were, I really want you to understand it, to listen to it. So you might want to listen to this more than once, and uh, you may want to go to the blog and actually read it because uh, the ratios and, and uh, other uh, items that I'm sharing are, are probably going to make a little more sense after you look at it and then try it out yourself versus just what you hear. But I suggest you start by listening to it and, and see where that takes you. When I do talk about the ratios and creating the spreadsheet forecast, if you find that that's far too difficult for you, then uh, what I suggest you do is give me a call, send me an email. I already have the tools. I can help you create that. I can help you forecast and I can help you get there a lot faster so that you can be recession proof, um, which is what we're going to talk about today. The recession, when is the next recession going to happen, always gets a lot of attention because uh, a statistic that I recently heard, 73% of all Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 73%. So clearly the idea of a recession is important. Um, which is why I want to talk about that topic so much. And I want to help you and your business avoid the uh, concern about a recession. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was that uh, I've spent the last uh, three Sundays and several other evenings driving to Rochester, New York, and um, recording my book. My book, Small Business Blind Spots. It's finally coming out on October 14th, and uh, I've been going to a recording studio in Rochester. Thank you, Kevin Lutens, for your hospitality, all your help. It sounds great, and uh, also thanks for all the Pellegrino, since I, I needed to, I figured that I was only going to take one sitting to get it all done, and it took more like six, because the voice just doesn't... Uh, doesn't want to doesn't want to go for a full eight hours <laughs> reading, um, but on October fourteenth, you'll have hard copy available. You could go on Amazon and buy ebook on Amazon, and you can also get it on Audible. So I'm very excited about that, and I will send an update email right before it comes out, so that if you're interested, you'll get the opportunity to uh, to be one of the first to get it. Um, part of what I'm going to be talking about today, understanding the term trillions. Trillion, a trillion dollars has 12 zeros. And so I think that's part of the reason why people don't even really worry about the debt situation that the U.S. is currently under because they can't get their arms around the word trillion. But it's a big number and it is... Uh, uh, a big problem, as you'll hear in the podcast. A couple of uh, items that um, 
I uh, heard this past few weeks that I thought I would share is that one of them is a statistic that 92% of customers select vendors who give back to the community versus vendors who don't. So if a person is looking to purchase something and they don't have a vendor uh, selected and they go on, let's say, Google to search and they, they find two potential vendors, if they see that one of the vendors gives back to the community while the other one, they don't see anything like that, 92% of the time, they select the vendor that gives back to the community. So keep that in mind. Also, uh, one of the other things that I heard was uh, a saying that uh, don't believe everything that you think. Don't believe everything that you think. Um, I thought that that was a pretty powerful statement considering that we um, tend to have our own biases biases, and because of that we box ourselves in. So um, considering that if you take a step back and think about why you think what you think you might open your mind more and break free from some of your biases and become a bigger and better person. Finally the last thing is that I am teaching a how to read your financial statements class at UB and if you're interested we have two slots left so if you're interested two more two more slots available give me a call uh, send me an email and we can sign you up this is for small business owners who are looking to understand their financial statements so well that they can they can they they completely understand what's going on in their income statement and their balance sheet and they can ask smart questions plus we'll be dealing with uh, a lot of the ratios that i also explain in the podcast today so you'll become very good at uh, calculating them so once again thank you for listening you guys are great i appreciate all the comments that you send me and uh, i hope you enjoy the episode Take care. Hi, my name is Anthony DeSimone, and this is the Yen Podcast. And you're listening to Entrepreneur's Island, which is that island that many entrepreneurs and small business owners place themselves on because they're convinced their problems are unique and no one can help. This podcast is all about sharing those problems, those very common problems, and offering solutions. The question, when is the next recession going to begin, always gets attention. That's probably why there's been so much news about how the inverted yield curve may be signaling the next recession. So I thought it would be helpful to educate you with what this might mean, and why it's so important. Now, I'm going to be sharing a lot of numbers here. So, uh, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, you may want to listen to this more than once, or you may want to go to the blog and, and read this after you hear it. So, here we go. First of all, the U.S. government has been running its budget at a deficit for years, and to fund that deficit, it requires the U.S. Treasury to borrow money from the public by offering interest-bearing bonds. Typically, in a healthy economy, 
bondholders demand to be paid a higher interest rate on long-term bonds than for short-term bonds because the probability that interest rates will change or borrowers will default increases over time. In contrast, bonds that require investors to make shorter time commitments, say three months, don't require as much sacrifice and usually pay less. Think in terms of a home mortgage. A 15-year interest rate is lower than a 30-year interest rate. An inverted yield curve is when the interest rates received for longer-term U.S. Treasury bonds are lower than the interest rates received for shorter-term treasuries. People are so worried about the near-term future that they are willing to forgo the higher interest rate offered for the shorter-term treasury note so that they can lock into a lower-interest long-term treasury bond because they expect the economy is going to falter and they expect that those rates are going to drop significantly and they want to lock into those 10-year rates because if they feel that the rates are going to drop, then if they wait several months from now, then the 10-year interest rates are going to be lower than they are today. So the U.S. Treasury offers notes and bonds with maturities from one month to as long as 30 years. The inverted yield officially happens when the two-year Treasury offers an interest rate higher than the 10-year Treasury. Now, this is an occurrence that just recently happened. And the reason this became a newsworthy item is that the yield curve inversion, that two-year treasury being higher than the 10-year treasury, has preceded the last seven recessions. What apparently isn't newsworthy is the fact that the two-year treasury yield needs to be higher than the 10-year treasury yield for at least 10 straight business days, which still hasn't happened and even when it did during the past seven recessions, the recession began anywhere between 12 and 24 months afterwards. So it doesn't, doesn't happen immediately even if there is an inverse yield. So technically, the inverted yield curve recession indicator has not officially started. And even if it did, we have about 18 months to prepare. So that's not much of a leading indicator after all. I think if a recession were to happen, it may have more to do with the rapid increase in debt the U.S. has accumulated over the past few decades. To make it easier to understand, imagine a small business forecasting a $1 million loss for 2019. So they're on track for a $1 million loss and they have annual sales of $3.4 million, which means they have expenses of $4.4 million. Now this company last year had a loss of 850000 and is forecasting a loss of $1.2 million next year. On top of that, this, this company has approximately $3.8 million in assets and has built up a debt of $22.5 million and is now paying interest of $377,000 annually, making it the fourth largest expense item on the income statement. Now, it doesn't take an accountant to conclude that this business will eventually fail because no bank or investor will even consider lending to this company. If anything, it begs the question, how is it possible that this business is still around? If these numbers came from the income statement and balance sheet of a small business, I'm very confident it would have failed years ago. Now, if I were to attach six zeros to all these numbers... 
I would be sharing the financial information from the current income statement and balance sheet for the United States of America. The U.S. is on pace to incur a $1 trillion loss in 2019, has forecasted an estimated loss of $1.2 trillion in 2020, has accumulated $22.5 trillion in debt, has only $3.8 trillion in assets to cover, and pays $377 billion in annual interest expense, which has now grown to the fourth largest expense item on the U.S. income statement. This is all happening during the largest expansion period between recessions, over 10 years and counting. This should have been the time for the U.S. to decrease its debt, not significantly increase it. Even without an economic downturn, these financial statements are going to get worse. The only reason the country is essentially allowed to spend on credit with no apparent limit is that the U.S. currency is currently acting as the world's reserve or dominant currency. In other words, there's a consistent demand for the U.S. currency because the world sees the currency as the safest and most stable option. In other words, they accept it. The world accepts it for most international transactions. This is why the United States can continue to print money to fund the annual deficits. So if you think about it, the United States' most valuable exported item today appears to be the U.S. currency. Having the title of reserve currency is a hard-earned honor and privilege, not a guarantee. So when it's abused, the title eventually is lost. If the United States continues to operate with large annual deficits and pays for it by printing money, reserve currency status will eventually end with a long and deep recession. Now, I have learned from experience that all small businesses are resilient. Even the ones with weak balance sheets that are on the path to bankruptcy can remain in business for a very long time as they continue to use today's sales to pay for yesterday's mistakes. Countries are even more resilient, which means that the United States could continue to pile on more debt for e- for years without causing a recession or affecting its status as the world's reserve currency. So I doubt that will be the reason for the next recession. So it's not the inverted yield curve, because that hasn't even begun yet. It's not the debt, because countries are resilient and they can go on forever. So here we are, back to the original question of when is the next recession going to begin. President Ronald Reagan once said, recession is when your neighbor loses his job, depression is when you lose yours. I believe when it comes to your business, you should have a similar mindset about the definition of a recession. In other words, you should stop worrying about the next economic recession because a recession for your business can occur at any time. For instance, if you lose a large customer or lose a key employee or have a serious disruption in your supply chain, your business may significantly suffer as if you were in a recession or a depression. I believe you should stop asking, when is the next recession going to begin? And start asking, is my company recession-proof? A recession-proof company is one that can survive a 30% drop in sales for two straight years. 
If your company is barely breaking even and not generating additional cash flow during this 10-year expansion, you're not recession-proof. Your business is at risk to fail when the downturn occurs. And it will occur considering economic recessions happen, on average, every six years. And as I said before, it's now been over 10 years since the last one. Now, to be considered recession-proof, I believe your business needs to have an annual net profit of at least 15%, a current ratio of at least 1.5, and a debt-to-asset ratio of 0.75 or lower. Having a net profit of at least 15% should give off enough cash to consistently add to the strength of the balance sheet. The net profit percentage can be calculated by taking the net profit on your profit and loss statement and dividing by the total revenue. In other words, if you have a million dollars in total revenue and you have a net profit of $150,000, your net profit percentage is 15. It's 15%. The current ratio is calculated using information from the balance sheet by taking the total current assets and dividing by the total current liabilities. Current assets are all of the items that can or will become cash within the next 12 months. And current liabilities are debts that will need to be paid with those current assets within the next 12 months. The higher the ratio, the more current assets like cash and accounts receivables your company owns than, than current liabilities that you owe, like accounts payables or credit cards or your line of credit. In other words, if you have current assets of 300,000 and current liabilities of 200,000, you have a current ratio of 1.5. A current ratio of 1.5 means you have 50% more current assets to cover your current liabilities, which allows you additional working capital to reinvest in the business. The debt to asset ratio is calculated by taking total liabilities which is your current and long-term liabilities, and dividing by your total assets, which is your current and long-term assets. A ratio below one means your company has more total assets than it has total liabilities. The closer this ratio gets to zero, the stronger your balance sheet. A ratio above one means you have more debt than you have assets to cover. The higher the number above one, the less you are in control of your own business, the less you own your own business, because that means the company is borrowing from somebody else, like the bank, to cover the difference. And the higher you are above one, the more say whoever it is that you're borrowing from has in your business, the more they are in control of your business. So be very careful. You do not want to be far above one. A ratio of 0.75 would mean you are in control of your business, you have more assets than liabilities, and you have a runway to work off of if a recession were to hit. Now, all three of these ratios should take you minutes to calculate, considering all of the information is easily found on your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet. These ratios are difficult to, to achieve, however. So, if you discover that your numbers are not considered recession-proof, the best time to work on them is when you're not in a recession, which is right now. So get on it. The first step to becoming recession-proof begins with creating an Excel forecast spreadsheet capable of simulating a 30% drop in sales revenue 
on your profit and loss statement. For example, let's say your sales drop from $1 million to $700,000. All of those fixed expenses such as rent, labor, utilities, and debt payments stay the same. Fixed expenses don't care about your revenue. The landlord still wants the rent and your employees still need their paycheck. Unlike the rent or the debt payments, which are difficult to restructure, your labor force is far more in your control. You need to strategize how you would restructure, meaning laying people off, to survive with $700,000 in revenue. Most companies have employees who are marginal at best and remain on staff because it's just more convenient to avoid the pain of letting the person go. So select all the employees you would need to lay off to bring down your payroll to a a level suitable for the $700,000. Now that you have your list, take a look at each individual and ask yourself, would my operation see a significant drop-off in service or quality without this person? If the answer is no, then maybe you should be considering letting this person go today instead of waiting for a recession. Maybe you're not being as efficient as you can with your labor today. The next thing you should do is review all of the transaction detail for every expense item on your income statement. In other words, I want you to to download on Excel, all the transactions that you have occurred on every expense line item on your profit and loss statement and review it. Now, this may seem tedious. However, if you have never performed this, you will save thousands of dollars. I guarantee there are memberships you don't use or need. There are many commodity type services like office cleaning and uniforms, insurance, or or payroll fees, you can negotiate down with a simple phone call. And I'm sure there's vendors you've never heard of. You probably want to know who they are. During this exercise, I want you to highlight the cuts you will make today and then highlight the cuts you would make during a recession. And then ask yourself, why can't I cut that expense today? Why do, why do I need to wait for a recession to do this? Finally, You need to become more resourceful with sales. It's a fact that your customers don't know everything you sell and statistics say that the probability of selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%. Create a sales strategy to work off that trust you already have with your current customers by making them aware of everything you sell. By having a net income percentage of 15 or higher, a current ratio of at least 1.5 and a debt-to-asset ratio of 0.75 or lower, you will be recession-proof and will no longer have to ask when is the next recession going to start. What you're going to discover is that you're going to look forward to the next economic recession because you will have positioned yourself to outlast your competitors while using your strong balance sheet to acquire market share, upgrade available talent, and grow faster during a recession. How about that? So get started today. Get started today, and I hope you have a great day.